So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cashew with Adam Goslin. Well, welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashew alongside a man who will certainly show you where your compliance bread is buttered, Mr. Adam Goslin. Adam, how the heck are you? Oh, I'm doing. Uh, I, I'm doing good. I'm not sure if I if I mentioned this in the in in the last go around, but I, I got a new addition in my family, which has been interesting. Oh, so we got a uh, got a t- at the time ten week old, thirty two pound Irish Wolfhound, and right. small, uh, small, quiet uh, dog. Absolutely. Uh, yep, small, uh, sm- small to start. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I'll put it this way. Her mom, her mom's 120 pounds. She's supposed to be gaining at a rate of approximately two pounds a week for about the first year. So, yeah, this is, uh, it's exciting. So no doubt. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if I didn't have enough of my damn motion alerts and you know, now I got a third one. <laughs> Making sure all your bases are covered. I exactly. Thorough. Speaking of thorough, it's about that time again, as we do every quarter, it is time for Q3. 2022 nope. q4 sorry my bad pardon me q4 <laughs> 2022 <laughs> compliance and security insights so where are we starting today adam well first off uh let's get into uh let's get into the security reminder so uh for security reminder we're gonna kind of cover File integrity monitoring for the sake of for the sake of this one. Obviously, this this topic's a little more for the a little more for the gearheads. But even those that aren't, um, it's good to understand what is this what is this control? What does it do? Why is it important? How does it help? You know, things along those lines. I'll put it in a in a way that's you know kind of universally uh, universally intelligible, and uh, then we'll take it from there. So. Uh, at a high level, a file integrity monitoring tool is one that checks files on you know machines mm-hmm. and to see if they've been modified. So it usually goes through. It, its primary purpose is as a detection mechanism to spot evidence bad actors have been in your system. So mm-hmm. you know, under normal circumstance, most companies will set this up to fire off once a week, um, and just it's a it's a backdrop check to say you know, hey, has any, have any files been, um, has any files been added? Have any files been changed? Have any files been removed? Uh, And it'll basically compare the state of the files on this run to the state of the files on its last run. Now, while a lot of organizations will run this uh, weekly, um, I'm a huge fan of running it, uh, you know, either, uh, depending on the tool that you're using, you sure. can even run these things like real, basically real time, constantly, mm-hmm. you know, polling and, you know, things along those lines to see if there's been any modifications, you can get more near term, uh, you know, near term, uh, alerts, if you will. But the minute that the, that the comparison sees a difference, um, then boom, flag goes up. Sure. Um, and so the benefit is, 
that um, it, it kind of can serve two different purposes. First and foremost, if the organization, you know, hasn't, let's pretend, you know, we're running it once a week and at no point in the prior week did it, we have any kind of declared change control that was occurring within the environment. And yet there are uh, files that are showing up as new and being removed, et cetera. Hey, that's a, you know, that's the red light starts spinning, you know, all hands on deck. We got an issue, um, you know, type of thing. But the, the, the flip side of that is it also works well as a kind of alignment mechanism between your change control and, uh, you know, and the activities that you're seeing systematically mm-hmm. in that. If I go in and I know, oh, okay, on Tuesday evening we had a, you know, we we had change control was going through, and I've got records of that, et cetera, and I'm seeing a bunch of changes to the impacted systems on that Tuesday, and the nature of the changes looks to be, uh, you know, congruous with the modifications being made. Cool, no problem, check, you know, type of deal. But um, the neat part is, is it'll also pick up. Uh, let's say you have a rogue administrator that just wants to go try a setting change or something and doesn't bother putting it through change control. Guess what? <laughs> That's going to show up too. Um, so it, 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 it also works as in that sense, it'll work as a mechanism to uh, be able to make sure that changes within the environment were authorized. People are actively following your, you know, following your change control processes and procedures. So, you know, not only will it go in and identify, you know, bad actors, but it'll also uh, identify, uh, you know, folks that aren't following internal process and procedure and uh, validate that, yes, we, are, we, we see alignment between this alert mechanism and the changes that are happening on the system. It's honestly one of, one of the best and most important detection tools that, uh, that an organization has, just because it's very difficult to, if not impossible, uh, to be able to skirt around it, right? Uh, you know, if the bad guy goes in and swaps out a bunch of core system files for bad files, uh, you know, and whatnot, boom, you know, um, you know, now you can go in and get something done about it. Sure. Now, you made reference to, you know, uh, potentially some organizations doing even, you know, real-time monitoring of threats. And, and, and I know that there's there's an opportunity, at least with something you're familiar with. You want to talk through through a little bit of, of automation boosting here? Yeah. So our kind of our, our quick tip for the sake of this quarter is improving your automate your your compliance automation with TCT's API. Um, so uh, some folks know and some folks don't. Um, TCT has an API um, that will allow for the ingestion of data uh, from secondary systems or the exportation of status-related uh, information. So, for those organizations that have, um, you know, that have, you know, whatever their own their own internal ticketing systems is a is kind of a good example. You know, a lot of organizations, their internal, especially the tech crew, works exclusively off of some type of a ticketing system. So, what they'll often do is they'll set up tickets within their ticketing system. That way, their internal personnel only have a single pane of glass that they have to go to for all their to dos. Um, you know. All their day-by-day tasks, recurring mm-hmm. internal tasks, their uh, development projects, and their compliance tasks, um, mm-hmm. kind of all showing up on, you know, kind of on that one pane. Uh, for those organizations that have the capability to write into that API, now you don't have to 
go in and manually update your ticketing system and then turn around and, and lo load the data from your ticketing system back over into the portal, you can leverage automation via that, uh, via that API to flow the information, uh, whether it's explanations, attachments, comments, things along those lines into the TCT portal, um, just allows the, the frontliners to go into it once and then uh, be able to you know, kind of map that off uh, to the, uh, you know, to the, to the system. So, you know, we were just talking about file integrity monitoring and the reports that are generated, you know, from that, um, you know, when it goes in and does its checks, if you, if someone was leveraging the API, they could basically code up the, you know, their pull to go pull from wherever those reports are being deposited, uh, and then go ahead and pull those straight on into the, into the TCT portal. The other cool part for those organizations that, I don't know. They, they let's pretend it's a you know they've got a uh, they've got an existing internal dashboard that they leverage for you know kind of prioritization and and summary of uh, where are we at on certain projects, etc. Um, it also would allow them then to pull the current state or status uh, you know of their particular engagement within the TCT portal and display re, you know kind of uh, the the set statistics <laughs> uh, the statistics from the uh, you know from the dashboard within the TCT portal and bring that back down to their you know to their own uh, and merge it with other data points, information, et cetera. So I don't know, let's, let's say we've got a you know, hosting company that, you know, has current uptime stats, et cetera, for the machines that they've, you know, that they're provisioning for a particular client, then they could also have a, you know, a compliance dashboard, you know, within their system to kind of show the current state of their compliance engagement and kind of have the two, the two systems almost kind of playing, uh, playing together uh, as they, uh, you know, kind of, as they go through, uh, go through it. So it's a, uh, it's a really, really cool way for those guys that uh, the guys and gals that have the, the capability to do that coding uh, to really kick it up a notch, if you will. Absolutely. Well, it's about time. We're going to jump in here with both feet into the news. Listeners can gain access to the links on various news stories that we cover here by going to the TCT website at www.gettct.com. Click on the resources and click on security reminders. Now jumping in, severe security flaw in the Microsoft Teams desktop app. Talk me through it. What happened? Yeah, they uh, they had an issue where it was uh, you know kind of letting attackers access authentication tokens for Teams. Um, so the the attack path for you know attackers with file system access would allow them to basically steal Microsoft Teams credentials. Uh, partly due to the fact that the Teams app was storing authentication tokens in clear text, uh, and it allowed the attackers to to guess the token holder's identity. Um, essentially creating a, a bypass for multi-factor authentication uh, to the victim's uh, Microsoft Teams application. So, um, you know, e each organization should be keeping up on their, you know, security patching, all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, you definitely want to make sure you go in and, uh, and get that one patch would be a fantabulous idea. Now, iPhone users are urged here to update to patch two zero days. Talk me through it. So um, it's interesting. We, we don't see a lot over on the you know the Apple iPhone uh, arena, but they're not uh, they're not immune. Um, so if you're running Mac OS, iPhone, iPad, um, Apple's recommending uh, immediately install 
uh, two fixes for zero day exploits um, within each device's operating system. Um, the first flaw that they that they found it's a kernel bug. It allows the attackers to maliciously execute uh, code with kernel level privileges. Um, AKA, like like they've got super user access to the you know to the system and do whatever they want. Um, so that's part of the reason why that one was important. Um, second one is a uh, WebKit bug. It allows the attacker uh, to craft uh, web content, which would lead then to code execution. The WebKit is the engine uh, that powers the Safari web browser, uh, along with other third-party browsers in in iOS. So again, uh, you know, patching your uh, patching your systems early and often, great idea. Excellent. So now we've got a, a free decryptor available for those uh, locker guard ransomware victims. What's uh, what are we talking about there? Sure. What, what are uh, they actually doing? Yeah. So <clears throat> people also to be I've seen people say, say this all sorts of different ways. Locker Gogo, Locker Gaga, you know, whatever. Uh, ransomware started running in the wild in 2019. It was it was a, it was specifically targeting um, industrial organizations. Um, the creator, uh, in combination with uh, no more uh, no more ransom project, uh, created a tool that'll instantly decrypt uh, any uh, Locker Goga uh, infection. Uh, and Bitdefender is is currently sponsoring that free decryptor. So, you know, if you've got yes, or okay. if you, your organization or somebody that you know you know got hit by this, you know, then you can you know just let them know that this uh, that this particular. Uh, decryptor is available um, so that they can go and, oh, I don't know, gain access to their stuff. Nice. For those wondering about the Google Patches, Google Patches Chrome fifth zero day of the year, Adam. Google officially patched the fifth uh, zero day exploit just this year, uh, this year alone. Uh, so this particular bug allows remote, uh, for remote code execution. Um, there were, in addition, there were 10 other issues that were uh, fixed during this, uh, this latest patch. Um, three of the five exploits, uh, three of the five zero day exploits were actually in different components of the, of the Chrome browser. Um, you know, the, the trend, uh, this, this trend in these exploits is creating a lot of uncertainty for users of Chrome, um, and, uh, Chrome seeing a, a kind of a drop off in usage as a result of, you know, all the, you know, kind of the bugs and the holes that are, that are bubbling up to the surface. Well, spell checking in Google Chrome, uh, and Microsoft edge browsers leaks passwords, apparently. <laughs> yeah, fun stuff, huh? Uh, so, uh, yeah, both Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge browsers, they're leaking sensitive information to both Google and Microsoft. Um, this leak is called uh, spell jacking. Um, it's releasing information that includes passwords, usernames, emails, etc. Um, you know, the, the particular settings that are enabled in Chrome uh, are something called enhanced spell check and on Edge, it's MS editor um, okay. and tests were performed on 30 different websites and more than 96% of those 
uh, we're returning with those those settings turned on. Uh, we're returning some form of uh, personally identifiable information or PII. So uh, yeah, folks want to uh, want to just number one, make sure you've got your stuff patched up, and uh, number two, consider um, you know dialing those dialing those settings off uh, until we get confirmation that these things have been uh, been been truly addressed. Most definitely. And that is the good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashel. And I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we helped to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.